Hey, thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist. Located under the city water tower on Mormon Mill Road in beautiful Marble Falls, Texas. We don't just love the Bible, we love talking about the Bible and talking about how the Bible informs our life in this world. Recording here in the Sanctuary of Fellowship are... Joni Wallach. Misty Graham. Carol Fishbeck. And I'm Jamie Greening. What we're doing is we're beginning a new section for our church's ministry on the book of Colossians. Uh, it's kind of part of our small group uh, motif right now. And so we're going to cover Colossians 1, 1 through 14. Who wants to, there's four of us here, who wants to read that? Oh, I'll read that for you. That's Joni. You're going to read chapter 1, right? Not, Cha not chapter 2. Nope, not chapter 2. Not chapter, chapter 1. 3. Nope. Not chapter 7. Well, if you ask me to, I will, but chapter 1. Well, there is no one. <laughs> So 1, 1 through 14. 1, 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the world of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it does among you since the day you heard it, understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the do domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Woohoo! Yay! Love it! Love it! Love it! So, who wants to jump in with the structure? We've got this. Is there's some serious structure issues going on here? How, how does it begin? What's those first two verses about? Paul's always very good at greeting, and here's here's kind of who I'm writing to, and um, it lists them out pretty good there, and specifically. Mm -hmm. But then, mm -hmm. you know, grace mm -hmm. and peace to you. So it sounds yeah. like at least he's not mad or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not mad yet. <laughs> so wasn't Paul on house arrest while he was doing this? So that's part of the issue here is that Paul is most likely writing this from Rome. Of course, nothing is certain. But he's most likely writing this from Rome, is the way I read it, um, under house arrest. Uh, it, at the end of Acts, where we see the book of Acts ends with Paul under house arrest. Uh, famously, the book of Acts does not end with Paul's death. He's still alive and preaching the gospel from right. home. But here he is writing this letter. So it's probably then under house arrest as he sends this off to the church at Colossae. So he's in a good humor even though he's under house arrest. But who's with him? Timothy. So it's Timothy. 
I like to point out, um, <laughs> Paul describes himself as an <laughs> apostle of Christ Jesus. And Timothy's what? Our brother. He's just a brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who gets the bigger title? <laughs> That's really funny. So, so Paul's got doctor in front of his name, yeah. and this is just, you know, Timothy on the head. Timothy yeah. on the yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, intern one, <laughs> Timothy, uh, just a brother. It's like a youth intern, you know. <laughs> well, you know. You need, don't ever downplay a good youth intern. Uh, one summer, we I had one. We were up in Port Orchard. Wonderful, wonderful youth intern. And I just kind of gave her the keys to the whole church and said, I'll see you in September. Wow. I didn't show up much after that, much to my shame. Oh, So uh, you have the greeting and grace and peace. Mm -hmm. And he's calling out to, I mean, he's calling out to the to the Lord um, authority it's like he's calling on authority to for God's wisdom to pour out the peace and the grace on these people and I think he's so like he's writing so fast and he's got so many thoughts going on I think that he's he's know, probably making Timothy write yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah write this down yeah, yeah. Well, Paul, uh, well, maybe it's been coming out of his mouth because he almost always used someone else to write his letters for mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Maybe Timothy. Mm -hmm. um, I like when you bring out authority, though. Yeah. When you say so, authority is it his authority? No, I think apostle? he's he's calling on God's authority. I okay. think he's calling it out on the people's behalf, you know, for the people. But I feel like that's kind of um, peace and grace. He's, you know. I had never thought about that before, Misty, but the way it's written there, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So he's almost saying, I'm an apostle of Christ, and if you don't like it, take it up with God. Yes. <laughs> he's a representative, and this is, yeah, right. that's kind of the way what I ran Beautiful. into it. So. Beautiful. Now, grace and peace have that flow of, um, hey, how you doing? So uh, grace is... Um, 2,000 years ago, that was the secular way of saying hi. Everyone used that term, the Romans and Greeks. And peace was the kind of almost uniquely Christian uh, Jewish way. It's the same play on shalom, shalom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. kind of peace. So you have the secular high and you have the religious high. How do we say hi secularly today? Secular, uh, secularly. <laughs> Let's say that three times fast. Sound like George Bush, secular, <laughs> nuclear. I think it depends on who you're talking to, you know, if I'm talking to, yeah. like, it just depends on, on your audience. So if I'm talking to youth, I'd be like, hey, what's up? But if I'm talking to, like, an, like, an, a, hey, girl. Yeah. If I'm talking to Missy, yeah, hey. Not Jamie. Hey, girl. If you be walking on the campus of Texas A&M University, what would, what would you be saying? I'd be singing um, okay, The Eyes of Texas. That. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. You know, the chances of me walking across the campus of Texas A&M are pretty low. But traditionally, I know that if you're on the campus, they say howdy. Is it howdy? Yeah, and you're supposed to howdy? say howdy. There's some tr I don't want sorry, Aggies out there. I don't want to be messing it up, but there's something around that term. <laughs> something around, <laughs> something around that, all right. Hello, or how so, are you? Hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. um, so you get that that going on, but how about the religious? How do do we put on the religious greeting, the religious howdy, mm -hmm. or religious howdy? That <laughs> the funny. religious howdy. Um, I I definitely think like when you email someone and there's like a closing, you might say blessings. Like that would be your religious closing. I don't know. Religious <laughs> closing. <laughs> like, That's what happened with COVID. We blessings. had religious closing. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> um, yeah. 
But uh, see you around. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't say like peace out, Boy Scout. But um, I don't know. Or I've been praying for you. You know, a lot of times I run into people and I say, "I've been how are you? I've been praying for you." I don't know. Uh, if that's hold on. Have you really openings. been praying though? You know, I do. Ninety. <laughs> Eight percent of the time, I do. I stop and pray for people. I make lists. When I see them, I think about them. When God brings them to my mind, I think. Of, I mean, I pray for them. Okay, so, so all really of you do. who know Misty really and running do. her in the real world, you're yes. thinking, "Am I the two percent <laughs> that she's really not praying?" If you see me wandering that's around, sitting in my car. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But you know, if you haven't been, of course, then like as you leave their presence, you can pray for them. And exactly. Then, you know, yes. Well, and you've got the the. Facebook thoughts and prayers. Yes, praying for you. When uh-huh. something's you, going on tragic and people just don't know how to respond, but they want to say something, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, or just a heart. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm just not questioning heart, their just sincerity. Just a heart emoji but it can can go either way. I think. Yeah. Right. Mm. yeah. That's another topic, another day. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and thoughts prayers. And prayers. Prayers and thoughts. Well, that's good. Those are good thoughts there. How about some prayers? So he moves from the greeting to the thanksgiving. Uh, what's he thankful for? There's lots of stuff in here. Yes. Goodness. Love it. Um, Love it. From like three to eight really is this flowing of the Thanksgiving. Um, and, and <laughs> what stands out to you there? What's the key thought of what he's thankful for? The, the bearing fruit has stood out to me. Like bearing fruit is repeated several times. Mm-hmm. He's thankful that they're bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he said since we've heard of your faith. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, uh, because of your hope and all of these things, it, obviously he's looking at this group and seeing things that he's, he's grateful for, he's proud of, that they're... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they're showing examples in something um, in their faith. They're not just speaking it, they're living it. You know, they're showing and it. And they're hearing about it. Yes. It's yeah. Kind of a reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... so <laughs> You ever feel like you have faith and no one knows about it? I think we can feel and think a lot of things, but if you don't act on it, then how? I mean, it says. What do you mean? You're for, I mean. I'm still. I don't yeah. know if I know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but I'm working through this. He says, since we heard about your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very. If, if you're at the Church of Colossae and you're. Paul knows about us. Right. He's an apostle for crying out loud and he knows me. It's like when. The, a couple of times on Twitter, I've had famous people like something I've tweeted. I'm like, they know I'm me. Like, Tom Paris knows who I am. I'm like, this is great. And um, you know, does it change our faith practices if it's affirmed by someone we respect? Or how would Colossi feel if Paul says, "I've never even heard about you people, but I'm writing you a letter anyway"? I think it boosts our confidence. Um, you know, I, um, a lot of times, I don't know. I mean, it can be confirmation, I think, from. Ooh, there's the word confirmation. If so, you don't take it the wrong way, you can't take it prideful, which I, we all have issues with that. You know, I know I do. And you can't use that as a form of, of you know, thinking you're better than. But I think a lot of times I, for one, take it as confirmation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because a lot of times you just If someone that. says, I've heard about Misty's faith, or not, maybe not quite the high language of this, but right. they just affirm that you're on the right path. Right. Well, yeah. And, if, and I, I, I want to go back to, to Paul's past. I mean, he was the religious of the religious. 
in the pharisaical sense. And then God kind of rescued him, turned him around mm -hmm. even from that way of living. And so he had the reputation in the religious sense. And then he's come this full different direction as a follower of Christ. And the, the religiosity of even church in America and stuff, there are certain things that you can do to look and appear religious mm -hmm. and get those strokes. And so there can be a false sense of it. But what I'm hearing, and I could be wrong here, what I hear here is possibly some people who are struggling. And maybe they're, as sometimes we do, we compare ourselves to other people who we think are more spiritual than us. And all we do is we tell ourselves of how horrible we're doing or we're failing and we're failing. And then someone comes along and points out certain things that we're doing and acknowledges it's taken a great sense of faith for you to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and, and you're kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, I never thought I need, of that yeah. way. And I think in that sense, I don't know if that's what he's doing, but in that yeah. sense, it like mm -hmm. almost liberates you. Yes. Because we put that comparison, we the comparison, comparison and the religious mm -hmm. stuff on and like take my, you know, mm -hmm. my yoke is easy. Um, if that's what's going on here, I could see that as just a deeply affirming thing. Well, and I think, too, that Epaphras comes back, and when he's relaying all this to Paul, um, he's telling him, you know, the people are, are not just doing for themselves, but they're loving each other. And when it says, you know, here in, let's see, verse 8, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit, that's, we can only have that kind of love for other people by the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. So to me, that's evidence of their conversion and you know for them evidence right? of their spiritual growth yes. and their significance so mm -hmm. i want to play on this a little bit um paul affirms them and we read this and we think oh i'm like the church at colossi and i so love when people affirm me mm -hmm. in what i'm doing okay turn that thing around mm -hmm. who should we be affirming mm -hmm. and saying you know what you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. I got some stuff to talk to you about. We got some things over here. But you, I have heard you're doing great. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the role. I think a lot of times we don't, we always want to receive right. the blessings, mm -hmm. but we don't want to give those Well, this things whole thing, out. I mean, this is all just encouragement, 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 you know. Right. And, and I, I think, love that. I think we all play that comparison game. We all play that, oh, well, um, you know, they have this relationship or they have this or they have that. And like, we don't stop to think like, no, like this is my relationship with God. And, and they may be at that point where they're like, oh, this is our relationship. This mm -hmm. is, you know, taking that ownership, um, for themselves of that. Yeah. So, well, and we yeah. live in such a social media world where we see everybody's highlights mm -hmm. and we, we, we judge them based on their highlights and we judge ourselves off, off and based on by the reality um, and that creates a greater divide and I think even that you know well back when we used to come to church on Sunday mornings <laughs> in, in the normal back way. Back in the good days. Sometimes <laughs> Sunday mornings can be that we compare we look around oh they've got it all together they're all dressed neat whatever and I'm barely dragging my family in the door mm -hmm. in time and don't talk about me that way. <laughs> <laughs> we have a class just for them. It's the 933 class. Ish. And my wife 933 is. In. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, all right. So we moved. That, you guys have. Oh, this is amazing. So, but at verse nine, he transitions to the prayer. From this day, we have not ceased to pray for you. 
and all these things. He's, uh, we'll come back to some more of this later, but so you have the greeting, the thanksgiving, and then the prayer. Do you like that structure, just a general conversation piece? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so. I love the part where it says we've not ceased to pray for you because I think about, like, as believers, we a lot of times will pray for non-believers, but do we really stop and take the time to pray for people that we that look like they have it all together? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the, the not cease to, to pray for you part really stuck out to me just mm -hmm. in that in that prayer. Mm -hmm. So you've got these affirmations. I mean, all of this is affirming. As he starts the letter, it's all affirming. Uh, hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, grace and peace. <laughs> all these good stuff. I'm so thankful for mm -hmm. you. You're great. I've heard about all the good work. And here's how I'm praying for you. It's mm -hmm. just all feeding into And passionate. Them. You can just tell just by reading it. It's just he's so passionate about where he's been and where God's brought him and, you know, where he's at now. And he's excited for them, for their new journey and their new adventure in Christ. And, you know, it inspires me. It, it, I loved it. I loved this study. And it, I, it's, good. It, it's good. It's just good. So verse 7, we have a name. It's a name drop. Paul loves to drop names. <laughs> Joni, who is that in verse 7? That is Epaphras. Nope. Did I get it? Try again. Nope. Epaphras, Epap. I love it. It depends <laughs> if you put the syllable. What emphasis? How many P's? Epaphras. 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 Who's he? What's his story? And why is he here? Who invited that kid? <laughs> Isn't he the one that like takes the letter to the people? Like he's like, hey, I'm carrying your letter. Like from. It seems there. like he's the one. <laughs> who delivers the letter from Paul, because, you know, Paul can't get out of Rome, uh, to Colossae, uh, to the church there. Um, 412. So, uh, in your, those of you listening in your car, if you're driving, don't go look it up now. But 412 has his name again at the close. Epaphras, who is one of you a servant of Christ Jesus, greet you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Which, so much about that verse on the backside, it mentions Epaphras' name and it says he's one of you. So where's he from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where's he from? If he's one of them, he's from Colossae. Um, now, how he's in Rome with Paul, we really don't know all the backdrop there. Some have speculated that he is the same person as Epaphroditus in the book of Philippians. Mm -hmm. I dismissed that. I don't think it's the same person. I think it's two, because one's in Philippi, one's in Colossae, mm -hmm. they're doing different things. Uh, Epaphras may have been the pastor from Colossae. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, maybe he uh, had taken an offering to Paul in Rome or had come to was in Rome for some other reason and had met Paul there. Mm -hmm. And he goes back to Colossae. It's hard, it's hard to know the exact circumstances, but I think he's a significant leader in the church at Colossae. Right, especially naming him by name. Yeah, because some people get named in the Bible and some people don't. Right, right. Um, just so-and-so. Um, so Epaphras brings the letter. Um, some people doubt that Paul wrote this letter. Um, it's one of the disputed letters of Paul, uh, along with like Second Thessalonians, and I think Ephesians is also disputed. I take Paul as writing all of those. I take him as writing this as well. 
It just feels Paul. Just the way you, the greeting, you talk about the authority, mm -hmm. it feels right. like the way yeah. he would address mm -hmm. things. Even if it isn't him, I, I'm pretty sure it's in the Pauline school, mm -hmm. right? So it's someone who knows him, who's connected to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, my question was, what's the basis for the dispute? Just to be right? I'm or? glad you asked yeah. that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Why? Why? The what primary basis make? for the dispute is the key issue that this letter is about. So we're still kind of introducing the letter. Um, and it addresses Gnosticism. That's the primary thing that the book of Colossians is all about. You get it mostly in chapter 2, uh, I think, but you're going to get a lot of it here uh, in, in the second part of chapter 1-2 where Paul just kind of goes off on several different things. The problem is Gnosticism did not e emerge as a real significant uh, alternative until like 200 uh, A.D. Well, and define it for us. So, I mean, yes. Gnosticism? Oh, well, that may be a whole different discussion. <laughs> Short um, version. <laughs> if you don't know what Gnosticism is, you certainly have heard, if you're connected at all in Bible discussions in the last 10 years, things like the Gospel of Thomas, uh, that's a huge Gnostic document. Um, there are other... Uh, uh, Gnostic writings. Uh, a lot of the discussion about Mary Magdalene comes from Gnostic sources mm -hmm. um, and her importance and significance. Gnosticism is um, a fun word. It's, uh, it kind of just means knowledge or knowing. And it's not agnostic. No, 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 no. Agnostic means you don't know. So you put the alpha primitive in front of it. You don't know. Agnostic. Like atheist, I mean, someone who does not does not believe, believe. in God, yeah. an agnostic, someone who does not know. But a gnostic is someone who has the opposite of agnostic. They say, "I know," and it's all about the secret. <laughs> so gnosticism is about Jesus had a secret, and he revealed that secret to his disciples. And it's not the clear teachings in Scripture; it's the <clears throat> secret. Right, mm -hmm. the underlying. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jesus plus one. It's exactly. It's, yeah. it's this the thing that Jesus relayed. <laughs> I want to be Jesus's plus one. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the secret that Jesus relayed to a select few, mm -hmm. and this is where the Mary Magdalene thing comes big because she mm -hmm. got the real secret, whereas mm -hmm. the men did not. Kind of thing. Angels? Didn't they believe in angels? angels. A did lot the... of angel stuff with the Gnosticism. Yeah. Um, so you get the secret, and it's passed on. And so by about 200 uh, A.D this kind of idea of we're Christians, but we have the secret, we have the extra stuff. Is it like conspiracy theory? <laughs> no. You've been reading Dan Brown. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the Gnostics have that, that, that basic, uh, the secret feeling. It hits its high point about 400 A.D. It becomes a threat about 200, right. high point 400 A.D. Uh, and they have literature. There's a whole churches that are Gnostic, the whole communities that are Gnostic. This is where the problem comes, is that Paul is dead long before Gnosticism hits its heyday. So people read back into it. It'd be like if you found a letter from Abraham Lincoln describing how the Confederacy is using their F-18s to bomb our strongholds right, in right. Pennsylvania. You know, <laughs> didn't have F-18s. So people read it that way. They yeah. didn't have full-on Gnosticism when Paul was there. Mm -hmm. 
my refutation of that is it may have taken 120 years or 150 years for it to blossom, mm -hmm. but the roots were there. And mm -hmm. I think he's attacking the roots. Right. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was there and it was coming and he could see that, oop, this is going to be an issue. Well, yeah. and so. I think too, uh, I may be oversimplifying this, but what I'm hearing. Go ahead, oversimplify. <laughs> what I'm hearing here. I overcomplicate, so it balances <laughs> out. You're the end of my yay. Ram, um, it sounds a lot like denominations. And <laughs> Oh, we kind of all subtly agree, but our church, we've got right. the right, right one. And even amongst Baptists, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, we agree with other Baptists, but we're the right Baptists. Right. Well, it's and doctrine. Isn't Paul the one that initially brought doctrine? And Doctrine's been there from the beginning, but, but Paul but is the one who really outlines a lot of our Between old law and, G yeah. But, yeah. And yeah. so if I add that to what he's saying there, he's affirming, you guys are doing great, you're walking the walk. Mm -hmm. And, and kind of piece some things from the context of this passage together, whether it's Gnosticism or whether it's the Pharisees or whatever, there's always seems to be a group who wants to feel like they know a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so they're always kind of being condescending, so to speak, to say, oh yeah, you're, you're a follower, but have you done this? Yeah. Do you do this? Do you pray you know, 72 you, hours you pray in your closet? Of the time. Yeah. I pray 99. You know, and <laughs> right. it's just like, I, I'm getting that kind of vibe here, and that even if it's a group of the Gnostics, it's almost just the general attitude sometimes of anything that's like that, sure. that inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. is we've got to have something that makes us a mm -hmm. little bit more special. Well, that's special and secret. Pride. And right. it's prideful. I mean, and it's back to that comparison game. Mm -hmm. Like that's just what we play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And um, it was pretty bitter there for a, a couple of hundred years. I mm -hmm. mean, the Gnostics, the Gnostics, and the what we call the Orthodox going mm -hmm. at it. And it was. Um, you still have Gnostics, Gnostics still exist. I mean, you find them. Um, with this, Gnostics had a, a real. Um, th they discounted the value of the flesh. It was all about the spiritual. Uh, and so whenever you hear someone talk about, I just want to leave this old body and get back to my spirit or something, that's Gnosticism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's a, um, someone I care about deeply called the, the old hymn, I'll Fly Away, mm -hmm. as our favorite Gnostic hymn. Mm -hmm. Because of this idea, I'm just going to leave this old world behind. Mm -hmm. When in reality, God put us mm -hmm. in this world. And a desire to flee this world is kind of going against God's will. But that's a different, well, and one that's more, a different discussion. One more thing that I had read up on that uh, Gnosticism is the self-denial. Mm -hmm. How you are, treat yourself so horribly, you know, you because of, I guess, lusts of the flesh, sins, and things that you're dealing with. And dark chocolate. And <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm going to dispute that. But... <laughs> It's just Misty being. Is not a Gnostic. <laughs> <laughs> no, when it comes no, to yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of. So the desire to beat your body up. Yes. That's, yes. What's funny is Gnosticism yes. can go both ways. It can harsh, say, harsh. Um, because I want to get to the spirit. Yes. I'm going to deny my flesh to the point where yes. you do the whole. You go all medieval on yourself, yeah. and you. you well, you're, and then you're living and this horribly yourself. miserable life. Right. And that's not what we're here for. Or it goes the other way into this yes. kind of. Because the spirit's all that matters. Mm -hmm. What I do in the flesh doesn't do. matter whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas orthodoxy brings it back and says, no, no, no. It's balanced. There's the balance. All, yeah. You have a. You're not a disembodied spirit. You God gave you a body, and what mm -hmm. you do in the body matters mm -hmm. in terms of your spiritual disciplines, and your spiritual walk with the Lord. But at the same time, um, you must bring your body into control. Yes. By the transformation of your mind. Mm -hmm. I loosely quote Romans. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
did not know we were going to go down the Gnostic rabbit hole quite so bad. Uh, yeah, we didn't get to the angels, the hierarchies of angels and urges and dim urges. When you draw it on a chart, it's almost impossible to describe. It's interesting. Um, a lot of it's hidden. Because yeah. when the Orthodox way of looking at things took over, kind of, they did a kind of did a, um, um, a Taliban thing. They kind of destroyed as many Gnostic documents mm -hmm. as they could, right. and so we don't have a whole lot of what they actually believed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we kind of pieced it together. Um, Elaine Pagels has done good work on this. So what screams at you for attention? What resonates with you? I know what resonates with me. What resonates with you in our uh, verses here at the beginning of Colossians? So definitely the, the part about not ceasing to pray um, and thinking about, um, like, how am I praying for other believers? How am I praying for other churches? And then kind of like what Daryl said, like, how am I praying for, like, the, the global church, like the capital C church, um, just as a whole? Um, a lot of times we divide ourselves, but, like, we're all on the same team. Um, just more about the being in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And then that's mm -hmm. another part that stuck out to me, too, was um, in verse 13, um, the part with um, talking about the kingdom of his beloved son, like not a future kingdom, but having that relationship with him now, like entering that kingdom. Yes, yes. So when you pray, Joni, uh, when you think about who your prayer list do you keep an actual, I, I, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I'm not trying to set you up for failure, but um, but whatever your answer will be wrong. Uh, <laughs> That's okay, I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> you have children. Um, That's right. So do you keep a prayer list idea of never ceasing to pray, or do you allow your life to be a walking prayer motif? I think it's a little bit of both. Like, um, I do keep a written prayer list, but then when you're praying or when you're just walking about in the world, you're thinking, like, sometimes I think, oh, wait, I need to pray for them, like that name or that person, or even driving by a church thinking, oh, I need to pray for that church. Um, so Drive by prayer? Drive by <laughs> prayer, that's right. Like our drive by possible. I hope that's not against the law. You know, like <laughs> okay. No texting and driving, no praying well, and driving. Well, you can pray oh, while driving. driving. <laughs> Just keep your eyes open. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> keep your, as a poet once said, keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. Mm -hmm. that, that's probably a good. Yes. Yes. Good. Okay, yes. He wasn't praying, though. Um, <laughs> so the drive by prayer. So it's, it's kind of, you use a, a combination of both. So I do, yeah, so I do have a written, these are the people I'm praying for, um, like right now, definitely a lot of medical personnel, um, just the, the, um, division with racism that's a focus of my prayer life now, my children, my husband, my family, our church, but then sometimes just throughout the day, it's like, oh, you know, this person needs, mm -hmm. needs prayer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. I was interested in how different people work mm -hmm. through the, because mm -hmm. people have different motifs. Mm -hmm. different. I've got a friend of mine who has on his phone that chimes at noon <laughs> for him to go do prayers. Just awesome. like, you know, yeah. the, in certain parts of the world where they have prayer services, mm -hmm. it, when the city bell chimes, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat. It's cool. You what know, when we first, oh, wait, I'm going to say this right quick. But when we first moved here, um, you know, of course, I wasn't working or anything for a while. And so, you know, God just, kept bringing all these people 
you know, that I was friends with, you know, that I had been around all my life, he just kept bringing different people to my mind and just telling me, you know, whenever you think, whenever I bring them to you, he said, I just want you to reach out to him, reach out to him. Because I, I went through kind of a slump to where I was like, I move, nobody cares, nobody's calling me, all these people, well, I'll call you and I'll contact you, and which their intentions were good, I understand but that. They but then they get busy, people have lives, you know. And so um, communication kind of stopped, but then God said, you can contact them just as well as they can contact you. So if I lay somebody on your heart, on your mind, I just want you to reach out to them, text them, call them, you know, whatever you need to do. So I started doing that, making lists and just reaching out to people, reaching out to people, reaching out to people. And then the, the 98% day, yeah, 98% of them. <laughs> <laughs> some I tried, Joni. woman I back tried. in Coleman, you never <laughs> reached out to. She's the two. I'm sorry, Louise. <laughs> um, so then, you know, the Lord brought me here. And now that, that I'm here, you know, that's, that's our ministry. And that's what we do. And then in the midst of this COVID, you know, it gotten even more so that we're reaching out and connecting with people. Anyway, I thought that was just amazing how God was not always, you know, he was already preparing me then for what would be such a huge part of my life now. And so, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I just love that. I it's thought that good. was it's all kinds of goodness. It so is. what else stands out to you, Daryl? You were flipping the Bible. I Missy's talking, and Daryl just shuts I her down and just starts flipping the Bible. He's listening. A, no, I was listening. He can multitask. Are you multitasking? Trying to find a verse, yes. and it just wasn't. Well, what's the verse? It's an easy one. You, you'll know it. It's. Don't put that kind of pressure <laughs> on me. Now, if it's I don't the, know, it'll be like I'll let you down. It's the process of of hope. We struggle, and struggle produces character, and character produces hope. That sounds that like First Peter. Is a, I can't. It's a very. It should be something. Else. It sounds like First Peter or James. It's I think it's the James one, the steadfast. Now you've got me flipping. This is poor podcasting right here. I, I apologize well, for the this, reason that but I blame Daryl Fishbeck. Send all angry emails to him. I didn't catch this until I was looking at some of our notes for this, is that the whole the, the, the trilogy, triad, whatever, faith, hope, and love is, is in verses 4 and 5 there. Mm -hmm. And um, hope has been a word that I've been um, chewing on yeah. uh, for a while. Yes. First Peter, I was right the first time. Read it. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Are you saying this isn't good? This is no, good. that's a great verse. It's the Daryl Fishbeck doesn't kinda, love the Bible. No, it's the verse that kind of explains... Um, process of hope that hope isn't just this wishful thinking i know mm -hmm. sometimes even in the context of the verse here it says hope laid up for you in heaven i think sometimes we think of heaven as the ultimate like you were saying i want to get out of this body i want to get out of here and so i'm just gonna struggle through mm -hmm. all of this knowing that one day i'll be in heaven and i think hope is so much more than that i, I, I the, the working definition that i've been using for myself lately mm -hmm. is that hope is the process of learning to, to suffer well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when we think of hope, I think, or I let me don't speak collectively, when I think of hope, sometimes I'm tempted to think of getting what I want. Mm -hmm. The happy ending, the, 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 the rainbow, whatever. But hope is actually something that's birthed out of struggle. Mm -hmm. And we want to bypass the struggling part of it and not wrestle with all of the things that it takes. And so... Just when I saw that kind of faith, hope, and love there, 
um, and I go back to 1 Corinthians uh, 13, I personally see them as building blocks or even cyclical, is that kind of faith is the, the, the doorway and hope is the real spiritual transformation, the nitty-gritty maturing, and then out of kind of like you plant a seed in the ground, all of the stuff that no one sees that's going on, the internal struggle is where the hope is built and then it pushes through the surface and then the fruit is what's produced. It's the excess. It's the overflow. It's the love. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like that's kind of what, what Paul is acknowledging in them here early on. He's saying, these are the things that I see in you because when you're struggling, you may not feel hopeful right? and you may not think you're living what would be a... Mm -hmm quote-unquote godly life or whatever mm -hmm. um we want dare i say the, the the name it and claim it you know if i have something bad in my life that must mean i'm failing or i'm mm -hmm. doing something wrong rather than no maybe god is trying to work some hope in, in mm -hmm. me right. and learning how to to sit with the discomfort so to speak are you talking about james one two count it uh, yes. joy my brothers when you tr meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let the steadfastness have the full effect. And I think it's hard to be stuck in that that um, testing. I don't I don't know if testing is the word, but it's the word here, the trials. It's, it's hard to be struggle. stuck in the yeah. trials. Mm -hmm. um, almost sometimes where you're in a storm and you don't realize you're in the storm until you're past it. And you're like, ooh, that was, that was rough. <laughs> and then, but knowing that this is... Um, those trials, you know. For me, the storm is not hardest after it or during it. I have the most difficult time when I see the storm coming. Coming, yes. yes. And so yes. That's, 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 that's when I need hope. <laughs> that's when hope yeah. really matters. Well, that's when you want to bail. You see it coming and you think, I'm out. Yeah. You know, I was not, not I didn't sign up for this. single <laughs> see ya. time. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Well, what Daryl's alluding to um, is the triad in verses four and five of faith, hope, and love, which is um, that's one of the one of the two things that, two, that really jumped off of this page at me because um, you see it so much in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So verse four, he says, uh, "Since we heard of your faith, not faith in themselves, not faith in the church, not faith in the world, not faith in Caesar, but your faith in Christ Jesus." And of the love that you have for, not love for themselves, not love for, uh, it's kind of difficult here, not love for the world, mm -hmm. not love for uh, what the newest fashion line is out of Milan, but you have love for all the saints, so each other, the other believers, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Mm -hmm. So you have faith, love, and hope here. And, and, and they're in a different order. You see this all over the place. I have a quick list. Mm -hmm. um, so 1 Corinthians 13 is most famous. That's where Paul says, these three abide, faith, hope, and love, but the mm -hmm. greatest of these is love, mm -hmm. which we always read at weddings, but has this has nothing to do <laughs> right? with romantic love whatsoever. Has that kept me from reading it at weddings? No. no. <laughs> it's so good. Romans, he does the same thing. In 1 Thessalonians, he does it twice. Galatians chapter 5, he does it, but then Peter mm -hmm. does it, right? So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 8, he does it. He also does it in 21 through 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1. And then the writer of Hebrews does it yeah. in chapter 6. I got that one. So you have three different writers in the New Testament who all allude to this 
faith, hope, and love as the core virtues that we have as followers of Christ. What I find fascinating is in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, you know, faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. If I only had four and five here, I might come to the conclusion hope, hope. is the thing that matters hope. most, right? Hope. So I have faith and I love, and I do those two things because I have the hope. Yeah, right. Discuss. And it's like, maybe it's just what they needed. Like maybe. Ooh, you're so smart. <laughs> oh, well, it's a living hope. You know, it, Jesus is our living hope. And that's what I constantly have to remind myself is we don't, you know, we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve, a, you know, an idol. We serve a, a living being, you know, our, he is our living hope. And that's what, you know, that's what gives us hope is that he is alive and that he does, you know, do great things in our lives when we allow him to. What's the great definition so. of hope from Hebrews? The evidence of things uh, not seen. Evidence of things, things hoped for. for. Yeah. The evidence uh, of things not seen. So. Right. Yeah. I think when I think of the hope issue there and we attach it to the struggling and the suffering, what tends to what what is tended to happen in me when I allow it to do its work is I go from being, oh, I've got my life all figured out and I'm doing it the right way and I tend to be a little bit more judgmental of other people to suffering and struggle makes me go, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not as perfect as I think I mm -hmm. am and I become more empathetic and I think it helps produce a more genuine love, mm -hmm. i.e. fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and, mm -hmm. it, and it bursts a more genuine or even sometimes love for me, if we, if we s try and skip the hope, love can just be another act of performance. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I think it's been said that a lot of times mission trips, sometimes the people who go end up more impacted, mm -hmm. even though when you head out, you're thinking, I'm going to love these people. And it's almost a condescending. Oh, it's, they ter need it's terribly the, condescending. They need what I'm bringing There have been now. many books written on yes. the, <laughs> lots of ink has been spilled on yeah. the the and failings of the modern missions movement. That is a genuine act of love. Right. Um, and so right. I see hope as being kind of the anchor to both of those. Right. That love is birthed out of the hope. And it is the evidence. It's, Johnny looked it up, the evidence of things not seen. Right. Yeah. Say you it know, So say it, Johnny. The evidence, I don't have it right now. She said you looked it up. You're I, been the Bible scholar today. <laughs> I was, you know, I just, makes me feel smart to flip the pages. I have all the words in my head. I do right too. That That's one of the very first scriptures I ever memorized. Evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things unseen, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it, it, yeah. Someone on the podcast is going to email me about this and say, <laughs> Thank you, you Misty, for putting me on the spot. Um, so, go ahead. Nope, go ahead. I'm thinking about the prayer. Uh, he, he, he says he's praying for the church. This is a standout for me. He says, I, I'm praying for you. And then he lists all the things he's praying for. And none of it is the stuff I would think about <laughs> praying for a church. So, when I pray for churches, I pray for things like uh, people who are sick. Uh, we, we always uh, pray. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to pray for sick people. We should pray for those who are ill. But when your church's prayer ministry is only organ recitals, you've got issues. Uh, he doesn't pray about their budgets. He doesn't pray about their buildings. He doesn't pray uh, necessarily for their programs. Lord, let us have lots of people come to movie night. He doesn't, mm -hmm. that's, he's praying for spiritual strength, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. power and knowledge um, 
and that convicts me because when I pray for my church, I don't pray for that kind of stuff as much as I should. Because if I want to pray for spiritual strength, I got to be willing for them to go through the storm mm -hmm. to get the hope. Because right. you only develop strength through trials. Mm -hmm. And if I want them to have knowledge, well, that puts it back on me because I have to teach them. Mm -hmm. Or I have to challenge them. And churches are really miserable at challenging our people to mm -hmm. learn. We mm -hmm. want to comfort them all the time. Well, yes. And that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about this whole COVID thing of the virus, of <laughs> how easily it spreads. And I think a lot of churches are built on, like you said, let's keep the people happy so we can keep the machine running, as opposed to let's challenge the people, because if we really challenged them and they grew on their own, it's like them being contagious with this virus, and we have no idea how many people they could influence and impact through touching out of a genuine love, as opposed to if we can get the people to our event, our program, we as a church can have all this. Did you impact. just turn the coronavirus into it like <laughs> an analogy for good things? Is that what you just yes, did? I did. Yes. I'm spiritually infected. His cup I got is half Jesus full. virus. <laughs> That'll preach, actually. I'm sick. What you got? I got the Jesus virus. That's right. I don't know why I made them sound like they're from right. Alabama. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you think about verses 12 and 13? We have danced around this. These sound like some Frank Peretti novel from the 1980s. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Um, what do you think of when you think of the domain of darkness? What come, what's the first image? Haunted house? Haunted house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just a pit. Just a Do we live in a haunted house? Dark Is the pit? whole world a haunted house? Pretty much. What did you think of? A pit. Just a deep, a pit? dark pit. I thought you said it. Like the it. Well, that too. Well, that too. <laughs> it's probably where yeah, he lives. Balloons. Balloons are dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those of you listening, Joni has a terrible phobia of balloons. <laughs> um, I just think the, the strong contrast of words was necessary just to understand how powerful the kingdom of his beloved son is you needed to hear the the domain of darkness i think domain of darkness is um just sin everybody out for themselves um worshiping whatever whatever they feel like on whatever day um, do, do you feel like we live in a domain of darkness i, I think definitely there's elements of both I, I, I first thought that comes to my mind is the matrix I had never watched the whole trilogy, and so about two months ago, I Whoa. said, I've got to watch The Matrix because I need to know what's going on. And when I think of The Domain of Darkness, I think about, and if you haven't watched the movie, sorry. Uh, Everyone so has watched whatever. the movie. Everybody uh, has seen the movie. It, it's, I think of it as a blindness almost, uh, a darkness you can't see. And so sometimes maybe you don't even realize. It's, mm -hmm. it's about being in a place of I don't even realize living in this it's place. in our minds we yeah it's in we're we you know prison ourselves in our own minds is so you think about the world we live in is full of darkness and i think that's true i don't think that to me that's not a, a debatable discussion that there's mm -hmm. so much darkness and evil in the world from war to uh hunger to disease you mentioned racism earlier right. i mean our country right now is really wrestling with these issues of identity, with history, with our past and our future. And uh, uh, all of this is uh, symbolic 
are symbolized in, in the dark past that we have that we haven't quite come through yet. Uh, and uh, for the, I'll go on record of saying the only way we're going to get through this is by facing it head on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the domain of darkness that we're, we're in, all these things, is real as we follow Christ He's moved us. The, the word here is fascinating to me. Uh, the, the ESV reads it, uh, delivered us. It, but it, that's not strong enough. It, it has the, the word picture of, so I'll, I'll pick on Joni, because I've been picking on her since we started, <laughs> of saying, Joni, you live in a dark place. And so your, your master in that dark place is a dark master, and you live in a bad country where it's just terrible. So it's the idea of G- Jesus has grabbed you and deported you, pulled you out of that dark place to a new country that is filled with light and goodness. And so you have this idea of not just uh, deliver, or now we have a new idea, it's You've been completely relocated. Right, it's you used to be in a dark place, but now you're in a place of lying. The problem is that doesn't match my experience because I believe that I am redeemed by the Lord. I'm working toward transformation and toward being made more in His image. But as you say, the darkness still creeps into my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still am hurt by a dark world. So you have the here in this text this classic representation of what we in the kingdom of God know to be true. We live in the kingdom of God, but we still have the residue mm-hmm. of this dark mm-hmm. world around us. So we have the the two places that we live, our mm-hmm. true citizenship, but where our actual zip code is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, when we get homesick, I think. You know, for me, I've, a lot of times I have a pity party for myself, and I'm hoping that I'm not alone in that. But it's only you, Misty. <laughs> it's just me. You're invited to come if you want to. But it's just. Are there going to be snacks? <laughs> well, you know. You know. So, you know, I think a lot of times it's just um, you, you have to force yourself to remember that this is not our, our home. This is not our permanent home. But um, that there is something better coming. And I think that's uh, where Paul is coming from is that he's seen both sides of that and where he's been and what he's done, but that God restored him from that. And he can see that he's come full circle. And he wants these people so much to have that hope that that he's got, you know. And for them, he wants them to feel what he feels. And I think that's true. If you're a true Christian and a true Christ follower, I think that's true. It should be true for all of us that you just want people to feel what you feel, you know. Track that thought. So verse 13 starts with that domain of darkness. We've been transferred because of his son. And then in verse 14, in whom we have redemption, that redeemed. Redeemed. Right. Mm-hmm. And the key to the whole thing, the forgiveness of sin. Our yep. darkness is caused by sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the world, the sin in the world, mm-hmm. our own personal sin brings darkness. And, and, and even though I'm a Christ follower, I still sin. And that's how... Yep. You know, sometimes my light, I think, is bright like a stadium yes. or a thousand suns. But sometimes, because of sin in my life, it's like the, the little light bulb on an on a easy bake oven from when <laughs> I was a kid. That you know, that that thing or Comes the light in the refrigerator, haunt you, right? dim yeah. light, or maybe if I may use just a 
a match with the wind, but just a very little light. But yeah. the light's there because forgiveness is always laid out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this forgiveness is, if you'll allow me, it's the light switch. Yeah. <laughs> And it is, and it is that on. simple. Right. We complicate it, but it really is that simple. I think we, I think it's the sin that complicates it. I think, you know, sin is the comparison game. Sin is the, mm -hmm. um, I'm not good enough. And um, mm -hmm. I think that definitely complicates it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite definitions, and I think it's of the word repentance. Was it repentance? There was, there was a, something in a book I read, and it said, repentance isn't doing something about my sin. It's realizing I can't do anything about my sin. That's right. And so it's taking the effort off of myself and, and saying, I am forgiven because mm -hmm. of what Christ did. That's and right. It's a, it's a state of identity. And if you think of Paul as a, as a Pharisee, if you think of Gnosticism, it feels like there's a lot of people around the people in Colossae arguing about, well, this is the right way to do it. This mm -hmm. is the right way to do it. No, this is the right. And Paul is saying, don't listen to them. Remember who you are. Right. Remember yeah. who you are. And I affirm that I think you are remembering it because I see your faith. I yes. See your he sees the I evidence. See the evidence. You're not yes. over there squabbling about we're doing it right. We're doing it right. Our way's right. Our way's right. You're living it. Yes. And the light is shining out of you. And I'm seeing that. Yeah. And if you're going to walk in the light, then verse 10 becomes, you know, I, I am in the light as he is in the light, right? Right. First John. Actually, actually, St. John wrote that. <laughs> Sorry. I love uh, that song, Daryl. We need to sing that. Man, you were just, I digress. You I love it. 87, love it. 88. The Matrix, I did talk. I don't know. I feel like the remember who you are with a little Lion King there, too. Yeah, I was trying to think. Remember who you are. Uh, Simba. <laughs> you, you've lost control. Jamie. <laughs> control is an illusion. So verse 10 has the walking in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Now that sounds a lot like a works kind of righteousness thing. Uh, and so you could see where you have to walk worthy of the Lord or he's going to be disappointed in you. But I think that's a wrong reading. A worthiness of the Lord is by realizing He has rescued me. He has redeemed me. I am forgiven. And that forgiveness cost Him so much. It cost Him His, his, his blood. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the cost that He paid, is my life living up to the sacrifice He made? So is there? that's what worthy carries with it here. It's not... You're not worthy of his love. It's are you living worthy of the price right. that he paid right. to show and you And I that think love. we know that Jesus is necessary, but sometimes I think we believe that he's just not enough, you know, and that there's got to be Jesus, like I said earlier, plus... And that's Gnosticism. ...something else. Plus one. Sure. Yeah. The secret. So, And I think sometimes we get um, hung up on that bearing good fruit, like bearing fruit, and we, mm -hmm. we think, oh, if I bear the fruit then it's going to strengthen my relationship with Christ. And that's not how it is. It's, it's because your, then it becomes worse right, what's fruit? at that point. What's fruit? So um, fruit is kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generous self yes. <laughs> You answered <But>. well. <laughs> so many folks, they get hung up on that bearing fruit, and they think right. that fruit is the things that they do. do. Right. I've, got, I've got to go mm -hmm. uh, do these seven things. I've got to take care of this yeah. person. I've got People to right. think they have to do more. But the Bible says to just do much. And if, if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in our daily lives as Christ followers, then we are going to be producing 
these things wherever we go and whatever we do. I believe very much that our fruit is not the things that we do. It's not. That's right. It's not who many, you are. Not how many people you evangelize, how many sermons yep, you right. preach, how much money you give. Your fruit is the character, your your attributes. It's who you are. What you mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, yes. gentleness, self-control. These are the sorts of things that mm -hmm. are fruit. And so I'm only measuring myself against myself. Right, right. Uh, Genuine values. integrity, you know, that's when integrity comes in. It's who you are behind the closed doors, you know, well, not out in front of everybody. Fruit isn't but something you can produce, so to speak. It's, it's um, a plant produces fruit because it's healthy. It sounds yes. like you're talking about Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its mm -hmm. fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. to me, that... That's exactly that's right. Yeah. Yep. And for the third time in this event, Joni has been right on the spot with the right Bible verse. She Yay! wins the Bible Scholar Award. Yay! A gold star. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you for listening to our podcast today under the water tower please like and share and comment on your favorite social media platform literally every click matters you can also visit our website at fmf as in fellowship marble falls fmf.life no.org no.com no.edu it's dot life life fmf.life We'll be back next week with Bible Talk from Under the Water Tower. See you next week. Bye. This was fun. See you soon. Spring snacks.